When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. future we're talking real money well it's time for another exciting edition of talking real money the daily show i'm don mcdonald and we're glad you listen truly i'm very thrilled that so many of you listen all over the world it turns out and we're here to talk about something financial and answer some questions and try to help make your financial life a little bit easier to deal with, particularly when it comes to investing. Now, once again, for some reason, we get phone calls in big spurts. We had a bunch a couple of weeks ago. They tapered off and we haven't had any for several days. So if you want to get your question answered on the podcast, you can call it in to 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255 anytime day or night call it in leave the question on our cool little electronic digital service thing and i'll take that audio put it into the podcast answer your question as best i am able and as honestly and honorably as i am able you can also send your questions in and we're getting a lot of those through the talking real money website where you got a host of great stuff to uh, check out go to the talking real money website and check it all out Today's topic, oh, I know, I've probably covered it a lot. I covered it over the weekend, which will be in the podcast over the next couple of days. Actually, no, I take that back. It's time for a program note. The weekend podcast will actually be delayed until Thursday and Friday because I'm not doing a live or live a daily podcast on thursday or friday because i'm going to be in the seattle area flying most of the day on a plane on thursday getting to seattle from florida and then the whole day friday in meetings and getting everything together for our big annual retire meet event in bellevue Uh, which I'll be doing all day Saturday. We'll have a show then, but a lot of that's going to be guests with Tom because I'm doing some keynote speeches things. Uh, And then Monday, I'm not sure if there'll be a daily podcast. Tuesday, I'll be in a plane all day. Back to the regular daily podcast on Wednesday. So we'll have a podcast every day. We We just won't have any double feature days this week. Today's topic, as I was starting to tell you about, Uh, is something we discussed a little bit last week. We discussed a little bit over the weekend that you'll hear on Thursday and Friday, and I want to discuss a little more today because it is such an important topic to investors because still to this day, most investors invest in actively managed vehicles of one kind or another. There was a piece in the Wall Street Journal on Monday morning, the 11th, of february and it was about once again about active management active mutual fund management and the gist of the article was active managers said hey cut us some slack you guys are too hard on us 
It's hard to do better than the market when the market's going up. Uh, the real test of our incredible prognosticative skills will come not when the stock market is up, but in those times when it is down. That's the argument hedge funds use. Well, we didn't lose your money in the down market. Okay, we didn't make you much in up markets either, but we didn't lose you any in the down markets. Well, first, before I get to the problems with active management, what's the problem with that premise? Oh, I won't lose you any money in down markets, but I won't make you any in up markets. Now, I need you to think about this. Let's just think about it logically for a minute. Let's not use any information. Let's not actually look at real numbers. Let's just think about that for a minute. What do stocks have to do? Go up more than they go down? Go up and down exactly the same amount? Or go down more than they go up? I want you to think about the scenarios from each of those. Okay, let's say stocks go down more than they go up. Well, since stocks represent businesses and those businesses represent the value of the global economy, if stocks fall in aggregate more than they rise... What has to happen? Yes, you're correct. The economy has to eventually go to zero. It's inevitable. If stocks rise as much as they fall, then no one would ever make money in the stock market. And yet, there is incredible evidence. In fact, it's, it, it's evidence with which you cannot argue that people who've invested in the global stock market for the last hundred years have made buckets of money. Why? The economy has grown. The economy has grown for as long as anyone has kept records of economic growth, period. Go back as far as you want. So what must happen? Yes, stocks must rise in aggregate more than they fall unless the world comes to an end in which case you will not care what your portfolio is doing so that argument is spurious on the face of it well we're going to protect you in those down markets so darn it so make me money in the up ones that's what really matters yet active fund managers are saying well we're only good in down markets then what good are you you charge a fortune in fees right hmm of what use are you to anyone? Apparently, very little. Yeah, there are the occasional actively managed mutual funds that outperform the market. But the funny thing is, when you take into account risk and you subtract their ridiculous fees, and yes, some are lowering their fees, but with, when you take out the element of chance and the fees, somewhere between 1% to 2% of active fund managers outperform their benchmarks, their their passive benchmark. I know, I know, I know. You're smart, right? You're going to pick the 1% or 2% that beat the market, right? No, you're not. No, you're not. You're delusional. But human beings are delusional. We all think we're better at better than average at everything. Your stockbroker says, I know how to pick the best fund managers. No, you don't. Give it up. Go find another job selling something. Quit selling financial products unless you're willing to start telling your clients the truth. And that is the market 
cannot consistently and predictably be beaten, period, unless you're cheating. And now it's time to get to our question of the day. Remember, you can call in your questions with your real voice, and I'll put it here on the on the podcast at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Leave your question anytime, day or night, and leave the full question, as much information as you can possibly give, and I'll answer your question on the podcast. You can also, though, because I know some of you are shy. You can also send it in at the Talking Real Money website where you'll find all kinds of great information on how to understand your risk tolerance, how to pick an advisor. You can even spend a little time talking to one of our advisors and set up an appointment online. You could do it online or you can do it via video chat or you can do it on the phone, however you're comfortable. And there's no cost, no obligation, no salesman or woman will call. I just threw that in, but they won't. All right, what's our what's our question today? Oh, this one. Hi. Oh, and by the way, this just tells you how international our market is. It's a global audience for talking real money, although some of the advice doesn't apply. The basic tenets definitely do uh, because there are some specifics from country to country to country. This one comes from London, England. Okay, London, United Kingdom. That's what the address actually says. London, United Kingdom. Uh, And I won't do my terrible British accent, just like I appreciate it when Brits don't do terrible American accents, unless you're really good at it, like um, some of these actors over here. I don't know how they do such a great American accent. Anyway, like Peter Dinklage, too. He's on Game of Thrones. American, great British. He does a really good British accent. And then you see somebody like Andrew Lincoln on uh, on Walking Dead. And you go, wow, he's not from Georgia. How is he doing that? Anyway, back to the question. <laughs> see, I'm the king of digression. Hi, Tom and Don, or Don and Tom. I'm a big fan of the show, listening to the podcasts from all the way over here in London. Keep up the good work. Oh, the great work, he says, actually. I wanted to send in a question as a follow-up to your recent show on long-term health care. Keeping with the insurance theme, what are your thoughts on permanent life insurance policies? Specifically, do you view a permanent policy as a good way to grow wealth? I understand the big assumption is that you continue to pay the premiums. Well, you know, but if you do, what are the advantages to having a permanent policy and Who are they best suited for or to whom are they best suited? Thank you very much for your thanks very much for the advice you could provide, Scott. Thanks for the note. The question over here in the colonies, we call permanent life insurance whole life. I hate it. Generally, for most people now. As with almost everything, there are exceptions to the rule. The exception is if someone is reliant upon you for income and your death would deprive them of things that they need. A spouse that cannot get by without your income. A dependent who has health issues of some kind for whom you must provide some sort of care in the in the case of your passing on. Otherwise, oh, they're awful. 
One, they're terrible investments. Just generally terrible. They pay not much more than very safe bond securities and yet the insurance companies and i don't know the rules in england but i do know the rules in uh, in america and while there are pools of that are insurance funds to back up these insurance companies there have been cases of panic in which those pools were inadequate to pay the claims and people had to accept slower payouts and there could i'm not saying there will be and i doubt there will be but there could be a run on the insurance companies much like the runs on the banks in the 20s or in the 30s i don't expect that but they're not as safe in the u.s anyway and i don't know what the rules are in england or great britain or in the united kingdom but um that worries me a bit they don't pay enough i don't believe and if you most people do not need life insurance forever eventually your children grow up eventually your you and your spouse go on some sort of of uh, government pension private pension live off your investments whatever that might be and you don't need a big chunk of money in case of your death maybe you have a whole life policy to pay for your burial if you want a really fancy one but in most cases i think permanent life insurance is good for one group only and that is the insurance companies Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to all of you who listen everywhere. I really appreciate it. And since I'm now at about 13 minutes, I'm going to end this thing because uh, I don't want to bore you too much. Thanks for listening to Talking Real Money, the daily podcast. Please call anytime at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. This is kind of important because we're trying to get the word out to more and more people. And I know I've asked this of you before but i will keep asking please go to the biggest podcast service in the world which is apple podcasts or itunes on any platform and subscribe to the talking real money podcast and if you really like it then please leave a review because that helps too but for some reason apple's algorithm keeps track of the number of subscribers and i'm really dying to get back into the top 200 investing podcasts on apple podcasts and we've been we've not been there for a while i think it's because people cheat but i don't know i don't want to accuse anybody of anything well i know some do uh (laughs) so thanks for being there thanks for listening and we'll do another daily tomorrow and then There'll be lots of stuff for you to listen to. Take good care. Talking Real Money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.